It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to On the Preds. I am your host, Alex Darty of A to Z Sports, and I'm here as well with Sean Smith of A to Z Sports. We are here to talk Preds and Preds hockey, and if you cannot tell already, I have a bit of a cold. Ooh. I have a bit of a cold. It just came on in the last, like, two days. I woke up on Saturday and felt like, you know, uh, I could feel it, feel it coming on. Just a ton of mucus going on here, so... I'm going to do my best to conceal the coughs, but they may come through every now and then. Uh, so Sean is definitely going to help <laughs> lead off the show uh, and tell us about the Nashville Predators this week. Uh, <clears throat> Sean, since our last show, the Predators played three games. Can you tell us how correct. they did? Can you tell us how they did in those three games? I, I'm happy to do a breakdown for you, Alex. I do want to say uh, before we get started, if you want to make a drinking game out of this episode, you can take a full shot of liquor every time Alex lets a cough squeak through. Every time he clears his throat, take a drink of your beer. Now, let's get moving. Um, could be fun. I don't know. See what happens if you play this game. Let me know um. for you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Starting off strong. Um, man. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, three games since our last show, Alex, and, and the first of those games was against the uh, the, the Anaheim Ducks. Now, um, I personally, you know, um, not a big fan of the Ducks. Just, I don't know, something about the team really just puts me off a little bit. But the Predators were able to squeak out a win. And when I say squeak out a win, that was an overtime win. And it, it didn't really need to be an overtime win. The Ducks have not been a very good team this season at all. And yeah. it's one of those things where I guess it's kind of like a, a game where you have a team that kind of needs to prove that they're better than their record shows. Um, and the way to do that is with a very, very strong win. And that's not what came through for the Predators. It was, it was again, it was one-to-one. Um, Yossi ends up scoring the winner in overtime. There's also a really nice goal by Colton Sissons. It was a really yeah. slick setup by... Matt Duchesne. It was it was yeah. one of those, you know, a lot of people were questioning why Duchesne was playing on the line with Sissons, but you know, Duchesne, aside from scoring goals, is also a pretty nice setup man, and he really set Sissons up. Sissons was right where he needed to be, charging in front of the net to put that goal in. And of course, in overtime, the captain brings home the W with a nice little goal. Um, and that's that's kind of the thing, is coming out of that game, the discussion was okay, shouldn't they have beat the Ducks very soundly instead of barely squeaking by? And that was kind of kind of the fear heading into the next game, which Hold was on. against – let, yes. let me add let – because I was at that game, the, the Ducks game. Okay. And I will just tell people because I, I know that a lot of people get frustrated with John Hines because of various reasons. John Hines was not happy after that Ducks game. So a lot of people – a lot of people who are on the Twitter and on the internet who are like, 
That's a terrible win. John Hines agrees with you. He didn't think it was a very good win either. He said things like, we gave up way too much easy offense, made UC Soros work way too hard. He didn't, I mean, the, the one good good thing was that they didn't commit a penalty in that game. That was pretty nice, but uh, he didn't, he was not happy with the performance. You could tell after the game. You know, and, and realistically, the fact that they didn't commit a penalty is probably the main reason they were able to pull out that win. And that should really tell you how, uh, how rough of a game that was for them. Uh, moving on, uh, next game was against the New Jersey Devils. And we'll say this, the Devils have been on fire this season. Um, I think El Diablo. El Diablo in, on, in Fuego, really just uh, – it was, it was intense to, to – Think about the prospect of the Predators limping past the Ducks and then meeting the Devils. Um, but somehow, and let's let's just say this, uh, man, uh, it was a 4-3 overtime win. Um, Predators had a great first period, and that's, that's one of the things you can look at that game and say this team came out and played like they wanted to win the first period, and then they had a bad second period. And that's one of really those bad. really cons- – yeah, real bad. It's one of the things that you kind of, if you look at the Predators and say, what have they done historically that has hurt them? It's to be to come out, get a lead up early, come into the second period, come out of that locker room and just act like they're not really worried about scoring any more goals and playing really just to prevent the other team from scoring. And it, it doesn't, it's never worked. It doesn't work. And, and I think, if I recall, they scored three goals that period, putting the Preds behind. And then they came out for the third period, honestly, not looking a ton better till maybe the second half of the third. Um, and then after a flurry of activity around the devil's net, you had uh, Mikhail Granlin tying it up with 10 seconds left in the game. With the really extra exciting. skater. With the extra skater out there. Yeah, it was that was an empty – well, it was not an empty net goal. It was an extra skater goal, I guess yeah. you'd say. But the goalie was not on the ice for the Predators. Um, ends up tying it. Team goes into overtime. Ryan Johansson scores pretty quickly, pretty handily, um, and that is a uh, walk-off moment for the team. And I've got a clip of that goal. You want to watch it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. Points and Matt Duchesne. Credit Matt Duchesne with an unbelievable overtime effort here. He was great in the defensive zone, carried the puck over, stayed with it, stayed on the ice, gets the puck turned over, waits for Johansson to get to that spot. He could have made this play earlier. That contact, it's a one on four at this point, including the goaltender. And look at Duchesne handle it. He's going to hunt this puck down. He sees Johansson in that spot, threads the needle, and Johansson. So there you go. Nice win That's, for the Predators in overtime. Ryan Johansson with the game winner. It was a, it was a great goal. It was a great win. And again, uh, if you look at the team that was out there for the first period and the second half of the third period, it definitely looked like they deserved to win that game. If you compare that team to the team that was out there for the second and the first yeah. half of the third, totally different teams. But and, and it was it was the first five minutes of the second. I mean, the whole second period was bad, but it was the first five second five minutes of the second period. They gave up two power play goals in like two minutes. So it was like, it was just kind of snow, snowballing, as they say. Snowball yeah, no, chance in hell. In what? The, the against, the, against the devils? No, right. So many. Wow. It's, it's really just it's <clears throat> writing itself tonight, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and then the next night? The next night against the Islanders of New York. And I'll tell you what, 
The Islanders have not been what the Devils have been, but they certainly have not been a slouch by any means. And the Predators came in on the uh, back half of a back-to-back, put Kevin Lankinen in net, and come away with a 4-1 to regulation victory. A victory <laughs> in regulation in, in this economy, Alex? Crazy talk. And uh, I say the biggest highlight. I mean, there were some, there were some goals, right? Goals happened, and the four to one final score doesn't really tell the whole story of that game because it seems like it was just sheer domination. But it was actually tight for a very long time. Two of those four goals coming as the Islanders pulled their goalie, and they were empty netters. So um, I'll say this: the the biggest story of the night was Kevin Lankinen with yep. forty nine. Is it forty nine saves? 48. 48 saves on 49 shots. And I tell you what, that's crazy stuff. Now, I, I've gone out and I've, I've even written in an article last week that Lankanen is clearly a sight better than Riddick was last year for the Predators. But you talk about a backup goalie coming in and doing what they need to do. Lankanen's getting it done this season. He's certainly got it done against the Islanders. And I tell you what, anytime <clears throat> you have a goalie make 48 saves, they're putting on a show. You got your money's worth that night. Two power play goals in that game for the Predators. Um, that has not happened in a while that they've had two power play goals in a game. I'm going to look that up in a second. But tell me, tell tell the folks about the Philip Forsberg power play goal where there was a cross ice pass right to Philip Forsberg. Tell tell them about that. Just just the fact that it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, tell them. I mean, about I, <laughs> I okay. So when I was in college. All right. We'll tell you about this goal. When I was in college, I had a, I had a humanities class. Right. And we had to study art. We had to study music. We had to study literature. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions we faced in that class was, what is beauty? Now, you think about that at a college level, you're going to have to do a lot of research. Look at what, you know, historically beauty meant to different cultures and civilizations. And then, of course, looking through the different mediums of, you know, again, art, music, literature, to decide, you know, what is beauty in a well-reasoned five-page properly cited essay. But I'll tell you what, had had this goal been created at the time, it would have saved me a lot of work because I simply would have just sent that video into my professor and I would have gotten an A+. It was the statue of David, but it was the statue of Philip. Yes. It was a really nice goal. It was a, it was, it was the Predators power play has been, uh, shall we say inundated with just really boring passing, just all yeah. around the outside, just really never trying anything interior. And, uh, when they try it, it's usually not effective. So, um, to see that kind of open up on the backside for Forsberg to get that goal was, uh, was really good to see. So. Chef's kiss. It was a thing of beauty. There was one other highlight from that game that I want to show right now, and that will lead us into the next thing of some news that broke today. So I want to show that real quick. It's a quick video, but here you go. This happened also in the game. Yeah, this will be a good angle right here. You can see it's, I think it's the, oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, and it stays out. It doesn't. So if you could see that, Ryan McDonough got hit with a puck right in the face. It was a shot that was going to go in, it looked like to me, and uh, McDonough stopped the puck with his face. 
And the news came down today, Sean. What do we yeah. know about Ryan McDonough? We know that, unfortunately, uh, and we're assuming, although there's no absolute certainty on this, we're assuming that he is now out with an upper body injury, probably related to that puck to the face for two to four weeks. Yep. Mm. So no McDonough probably for the rest of 2022, but when the calendar turns to 2023, maybe soon after that. And so there was a corresponding move. They bring up Jordan Gross, who the who played three games earlier in the year. And um, we'll see where he slots on the team. I mean, Gross played with Yossi earlier in the year, so he might go right back there, but you never know. Well, I, it, it makes a lot of sense to me, and I've, I've done some thinking. He's already played with Yossi. Um, of course, that was with Yossi on the left and Gross on the right. We all know that recently – uh, the way the, the pairings have been set up, Yossi has shifted over to the right side of the ice with McDonough playing on the left. Now, it would make sense to just slide Yossi back over to the left, pair him with Gross, where they had some success before, and hopefully things continue moving on. My main concern, um, you know, the defense was really starting to get a lot better, looking a lot better, looking a lot more solid and more comfortable um, with their lines, with their or their pairing, with their partners. And uh, just looking at the way they were playing on a nightly basis, I would hate to see that get messed up. So I'm, I'm really hoping that Gross gets paired with Yossi. And, of course, the other guys stay where they are so they can continue doing that. Of course, also worth mentioning that Mark Borowiecki uh, still not back. I don't know that there's we've never been given a timeline. We don't really know anything. We know that he more than likely – um, had a pretty solid concussion, and that's always yeah. a major concern when you have any kind of uh, head trauma like that. And that that looked like a really bad, bad. Is probably in bad a dark room, in a dark room with a sound machine on, just yeah. chilling right now. Yeah, and you know, I the the Preds, you know, when they sent Gross down before, um, were basically only carrying six defenders. They didn't have a seventh defender up, so bringing Gross back up out of necessity. Um, you know, they, for all intents and purposes with McDonough out, they have six active defenders again. So unless they call somebody back up, that's probably what you're going to be looking at for a while until we hear anything about Borvieski. But honestly, with the way the defense has been playing, I don't know that my number one priority would be rushing Borvieski back from anything. So, um, I think I'm okay with them leaving him and just giving him time to really heal from that. Because again, I'll say this again. It looked really, really bad. Yeah. Like bad. So, yeah. um, so McDonough, um, the, I guess, well, we can talk more about that later, but, um, yeah, hit with the, hit with the puck. Don't, don't know the severity of it, but obviously two to four weeks is not a short amount of time. So, um, a month out for him. Um, did you like my little graphic there? Yeah, it was a really creative use. Is that is that just uh, is that an emoji there, or did you just, <laughs> just blow just, it up and it's just the hockey emoji? And I just put it right in front of him. Looks like he's getting hit with the puck, a giant puck. Yeah, and he looks really apprehensive about it. It's almost yeah. like he knows what's I coming. I thought, I thought that picture was perfect. <laughs> yeah, and that is not a picture that, of the, that is not a picture of the play that is happening, but it's. And then I've <laughs> got. Over here, I've got, you know, uh, pre-haircut Roman Yossi. I thought that was a really funny picture. It is it is a funny picture. I hope I hope he's not laughing at his, at his partner um, and what's about <laughs> to happen to him. Surely that wouldn't be something that Yossi would do. <laughs> right. um, there's too much joy and jubilation in that man's face. 
That's right. Well, while Ryan McDonough is resting, one thing that he could do is go visit the people at Relax the Back. If he wants to live better, feel better, and sleep better while he's recovering from this injury, you should go check out Relax the Back. They've got a ton of customized comfort options for the office, for relaxing at home, and for sleeping at night. Ergonomic office chairs, zero-gravity chairs, all of them perfect for getting your spine in the correct position. Look, they've got quality recovery options as well if you're just recovering from a workout or if you've been injured like McDonough. Massage chairs, recliners, foot massagers. He could just sit in one of those uh, massage chairs uh, while he's uh, got his fa- people working on his face and, and work on his back at the same time. And where could he do it? He could do it at 2020 Glen Echo Road. You can go visit the store uh, right there in Green Hills. They got plenty of those options you can see there on the screen. Uh, the chairs I was talking about, they've also got the techno gel and the Tempur-Pedic beds with the wedge systems and these perfect pillows for propping your head in the right position to go to sleep at night. Everything that you need there, go check it out. Talk to Glenn. He owns the store. A sleep agent, sorry, a sleep agent is on hand every day uh, and they will tell you about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work, and healthy mind. And I got through that without coughing. Now, Sean, take it away. <clears throat> well, yeah. let's let's talk about some major takeaways um, from those three games. And, and I'll say the, the biggest takeaway. Uh, when I wrote an article last week, I talked about what was going right with the Predators, uh, focusing on the resurgence of UC Soros as well as Roman Yossi, who was heating up. Um, but then I talked about some things that needed to improve. And, and the biggest thing, and it's it's not a new thing for us to talk about, it's something that's come up a few times, is that the top guys on the team, the guys that are paid the big bucks, need to come out and show why they are, in fact, the guys that make the big bucks on the team. Um, and, you know, what's happened over these past three games, and I put this out on Twitter earlier, was I said that between the five guys we're going to talk about here, uh, Matt Duchesne, Roman Yossi, Philip Forsberg, Mikhail Granlin, and Ryan Johansson. In those three games, they combined for 19 points. And I, I'd ask, who do you think, without looking it up, because this is all readily available on the internet to anyone, um, who do you think had the most points? And a lot of people said they thought it was probably Yossi. They were close. It was, in fact, Matt Duchesne with six big points, Roman Yossi, in a close second with four, and then the other three combining for three each. And I'll tell you what, um, three games, 19 points. Are the top guys back, Alex? Um, so I'm going to say no because there's a couple of empty net goals in there, at least two. Accurate. Um, yeah. The other thing is they've actually gotten some power play production, so there's a couple of power play goals in there. Now – their skill is needed on the power play too. And that's been a bad, uh, it's been a source of some frustration for a long time. So that's good, but they still need more at five on five from those guys. And so they need, they need more from Duchesne in five on five creating in the, fr- fr- from when he gains the zone with speed to creating an actual quality shot on goal. He can gain the zone with speed a lot. He does that quite frequently, but it's the second part of that that he's not getting to. I, I see a lot of times him gaining the zone on the right side um, and then kind of getting lost. Like he, he spins around, he's looking for help, 
he can't get a pass off and he can't get a good shot because he's not at a good angle. That's with Duchesne. Forsberg, I've seen pretty good stuff. He had a bad game in, against New York, I think, and maybe even against New Jersey. But overall, he's been okay. Uh, Granlund is coming along, I guess. But honestly, he's just an assist man. He's a passing guy. So if his guys are finishing, he looks great. So uh, I'm not as worried about Granlund. But Duchesne still, to me, just needs to find that that element of creativity in the final, final part, getting those pucks in the net. I'd agree with you on that. I think the biggest thing is, you know, what, what's most misleading about saying something like they combined for 19 points is that, you know, a lot of those points represent, you know, one goal for three points with a goal, a primary assist and a secondary assist. Yeah. So you could, you could essentially boil it down to a handful of goals over the course sure, of six yeah. games. But I, I think it's, I still think it's okay games. to combine it. I mean, that, that means that they're working together. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. I think it's a little bit misleading. I don't think um, it I think it's fine. That's and that's that's okay. We're allowed to have differences of opinion. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is is you know if you want evidence of the fact that they're not back, which is what you were pointing to, um, look at the way these guys have been deployed in the forward lines. And of course, I'm not talking about Roman Yossi, he's a defender, but uh, <sighs> Duchesne's kind of been all over the lineup and he's had a lot mm. of different centers, he's played on a lot of different lines. I've seen Forsberg moving around quite a bit. Um, they're trying to find something in those forward lines amongst those guys that works. And it's, it's really, you know, we're at the quarter pole of the season where we're quarter of the way through the season. That's when I would start, you know, reading the tea leaves a little bit here. Um, they've got to get something going with those guys to where they kind of have an expectation for who they're going to be playing with and what they're reasonably expected to put out on any given night. Um, pretty quickly, or you're you're going to see some guys that just can't quite get it together. And I know that both Philip Forsberg and Matthew Shane are coming off of just insane career years. But uh, while I'm not necessarily expecting another performance like they had last season, I certainly expect more than I'm seeing right now. The, I'm gonna I'm gonna name three teams right now. Okay. Coyotes. Okay. Uh, no. Blue Jackets, yeah. Coyotes, Blue Jackets, and Sharks. Would you expect the Predators to have a better offense than those three teams? Coyotes, Blue Jackets, and Sharks. Well, yeah, I, I would expect them to have a better offense, although I don't know how much better of an offense I'd expect them to have over a team I, like Arizona. I mean, I would expect them to have a much better offense than those three teams like all year long. My point is the Predators have a worse offense than all three of those teams right now. They have a worse offense than Arizona. Then, I mean, it's close with Arizona, but then, then Arizona, then uh, Columbus and then San Jose there, there are other teams. The only teams that the Predators are better than in offense are Chicago, Anaheim and Philadelphia. And I'm talking about in just in terms of goals per game, goals per game, they are 29th. So they've, they're better than Chicago Anaheim and Philly. That's awful. That yes. I mean, that's just flat out awful. And and they're and like I just pointed out with Arizona, San Jose, and Columbus. I mean, there are teams who are clearly not contenders this year that are still a little bit better than them on offense. Now the Predators are a little bit better than on defense than those teams, but not a whole lot. So it this is clearly the issue with the team is generating offense and 
yeah, it comes down to the top guys. I, I know I'm not ready to say that they're back yet at all. Okay. I think that's fair. And I think what's keeping the Predators up farther in the standings than those three teams you mentioned are, let's go back to it, the defense is playing better and goaltenders, Finnish goaltenders in particular, standing on their heads each night and dragging this team along with them. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Until you start seeing more offense being produced by, uh, again, we're not talking about, we're not talking about guys on the fourth line. We're talking about the marquee players, the guys whose faces are on the side of the building. When you go down to Bridgestone, we're talking about the guys who sell the jerseys. Uh, that's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, we are. I, let's let's not forget though that there's there's other guys that are not performing all that great. Tanner Janot only has has three goals. Um, Tanner Janot was a huge part of the offense last year. Um, Jakob Trennan, one goal. Colton Sissons just had that goal, but that was only his third. Um, you know, Yuso Parsonen had a really, really good start. He hasn't had a point in his last five games. Um, and then this this sort of, sort of shuffling of of McCarron and Jankowski and Cole Smith, and then Tolvanen's not in there. Um, Niederreiter is the only guy that's really pulling his weight, and he did a lot of his work in the first, like, two weeks of the season. So yeah, it's just, Every like, time, all bad. Every time I look, just to kind of check on the offense, I'm always surprised to see Niederreiter still <laughs> leading – um, yeah. or, or he was leading for a while some of those categories because it's really not a name you're seeing pop up that often anymore. And you're right. He yeah. did a lot of his work in the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, and yeah, again, you know, everybody at every level of the offense needs to be contributing. Um, and it's, it goes without saying too, we mentioned Jordan Gross coming up earlier. Jordan Gross played for three games with the Predators. Uh, and then was back in Milwaukee, and he comes back to the Predators after all that time, still in second place amongst defenders for goals. <laughs> yeah, um, which is I think kind of a crazy stat considering that he's had what two goals? Was it just two, two goals, in yeah. the one game? Yeah, two, yeah. Um, you know, of course Roman Yossi's ahead of him as you'd expect him to be, but that also means that from Yossi down, all the other guys that have been playing night in and night out do not have at least two goals. Yeah. Obviously they're defenders, but you would expect to get some contribution from them at the, when you're looking at it. So offense is a problem big time. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So where do the Preds go from here? Uh, the rest of this week, there's only two games the rest of this week, right? That's right. Until we, before we have another game, we've got a game on Thursday against Tampa Bay and a game on Saturday Saturday afternoon against the Ottawa Senators. So yeah, it's kind of a strange, like some some Eastern Conference teams. You know, at Tampa is obviously going to be tough. I mean, that's a good team. <laughs> it's a good team. They've they've met before this season. Um, first time it was an overtime loss, and and I think it was Forsberg that made the comment that they felt like they let that other point slip away. Oh, um, I'm that team now. Yeah. yeah, but I'm I'm going to tell you. You know, a lot of people have said, ah, well, Tampa Bay is not the same Tampa Bay it was when they won two championships and blah, blah, blah. But they've won eight out of their last ten games. They're they're yeah. a lot like the Wu-Tang Clan here. You don't want to mess around with them too much. So, um, <laughs> And Ottawa, Ottawa at the bottom of their division, but they've got a pretty good offense. I mean, they, yeah, they, I, where are they ranked? To be eighth in their division, they're better than you'd think. We'll just 18th, say that. 18th in offense. And uh, hang on, I'll get it one second. 
20th in defense. So they're just an average team, but they're, you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't think that Ottawa is going to make the playoffs or anything, but that's a guy, this is the, that's the kind of team that the predators kind of tend to struggle against. So. And, and again, this, this should be a chance for the predators to prove their dominance. If, if we've talked yeah. about say, you know, the, the top guys being back, you know, it's games like that one against Ottawa where they, they should shine. Um, and what makes me nervous is that, like you said, you see games against teams like the Senators. For some reason, that's where this team struggles. And I don't know if they're underestimating their opponent and coming in thinking that they're guaranteed victory, which would be really, really cocky thing to do. Um, but it seems like whenever they run into a team like Ottawa, like Arizona, that's when you start to see struggle. And, and that's not what you want to see out of a team if you're expecting them not just to make the playoffs, but to make some noise in the playoffs. Gotcha. Yep. I, yeah. I totally, totally agree. Totally agree. All right. Um, so uh, I think that's, I think that does it. I, you know, we had, it's a pretty, pretty quick episode, but we've got, um, you know, we had the, the three games and that's, that's pretty much it. And uh, I'm not feeling great. So uh, Sean, thank you very much for, <laughs> for really running things today. I really appreciate it. Um, what did you think of Roman Yossi's haircut? thing did you did you uh see that I, I i really enjoyed the way it was presented on social media yeah. um well that done. was fun Very well done. i think i think i think the team i think hockey in general needs more of that out there <clears throat> um you know it, it's it's really not common i think to see that side of players where they're joking around and having fun um so it, it was good to see that i as far as the haircut goes like I don't know. Like I, I have a beard obviously. And for some reason, other people take a lot of uh, ownership of that beard. They, they, when I get it trimmed, they wonder why, why did you trim your beard? I'm like, I don't, do I talk about what you do with your hairs? Like, I don't know. It seems weird that that many people would get that worked up about a haircut. Yeah. Um, you know, to me it does at least, but then again, I've, I've never been anywhere in the same galaxy of handsomeness. So you know, I, I don't know. Maybe if I were amongst the super hunks, then people would think differently and they'd constantly <laughs> be talking about my haircuts and, and what I was wearing. But at best, I'm just ignored. So that's okay with me. Super hunks sounds like the name of the haircut place, maybe where Roman Yossi went. <laughs> probably. That's probably it. That would be his, that's where he'd need to get his haircut. <laughs> I wouldn't know what the place looked like or where it was because I'm not allowed. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, you can check out all of our Preds coverage at a to z sports.com. Go there. Follow me on Twitter at AlexDarty1 and Sean at SCSNSH. Until next time, everyone. See you later.